This is Dennis Regan, and welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential. Dick Van Dyke Appliance World is proud to support the outstanding high school basketball played throughout central Illinois. Buckle up for a fast 60 minutes with News Gazette Media's Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential on a nice Monday night. Jim Rosso with Colin Likas, a special Monday night. Yes. First, uh, we, had, we had a week off, and now we're back, mm-hmm. and now we have multiple state-placing teams. Great to see over the weekend. Hope you had a chance to watch it or listen to it. Uh, right now, we have the Schlarman State Champs, two-time state champs. Mm-hmm. They've had a wild weekend of celebration. First, they won <laughs> it Saturday. They went back to school, celebrated. Now they're in Champaign on Monday night to join you on the radio, Colin. If they were, if they were a professional team, they wouldn't have gone to school on Monday. They would have had a parade through the streets of Danville. That's right. If you're on Snapchat and who isn't, uh, they've made their appearance already. Follow right. us at News-Gazette. They'll be on Facebook Live. But, Colin, I'm going to get out of here because okay. there are some celebrities that you need there to hear sure from. There sure are. Right? i, I got to interview a, a whole team here. And, uh, yeah, as Jim said, we're welcoming in the, the five starters and the head coach of the Schlarman girls basketball team, joined by uh, Keith Peoples and uh, players Anaya Peoples, uh, Janiah Newell, Sydney Gerard, uh, Capria Brown, and Destiny Dye. So uh, first question I'm going to levy is going to be to you, Keith. So uh, Keith's doing some photo time right now. He's taking some pictures of the girls, which is, yeah, for for memory's sake, exactly. You have to. Well, uh, it it looks like it, but I'm not totally sure. Have you dried off yet from your post-game drenching you received uh, after, uh, after the victory on Saturday? Yes, I have, and I'm sending every player a portion of the bill for my drive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I know when we walked into the locker room, you, you could kind of tell it was coming, but I mean, how, how cool is that from your perspective to kind of get the football treatment there? It was, it was, uh, it was exciting. I was a bit surprised, but I had a, a notion once my son asked for my watch and my cell phone. <laughs> I was like, why do you need my watch and cell phone? He was going to a pawn shop. After yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> so then I walk in the locker room and I couldn't find anyone. And then I'm directed to the shower area. Mm-hmm. And that's when it dawned on me. It's like, okay, I got to get ready for this one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a great moment. I enjoyed it. Well, uh, I'll, I'll pose my next question to one of the seniors who helped plan this little experiment, Sydney Gerard. Uh, oh, really? I know the, uh, I know the seniors decided to, to do this for the celebration. You ended up being the, the, the girl who got to pour the water on coach. But uh, what was it like to, to be jumping around with, uh, with coach and be celebrating like that after the win? Uh, it was just an amazing feeling. Especially dumping that water on him after a very long, hard season. Mm. It was just a good stress reliever for us. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Well, uh, Anea, uh, this state run, uh, just uh, k- kind of similar to last year's in some ways, but in other ways very different. In your mind, how did this one compare to what happened last year? Um, this year, it was just a lot more fun because we like really enjoyed the moment, I would say. It was our last time together. Mm-hmm. So every time we were out on the court, we just played like it was our last time together. So, I mean, it was it was emotional, but um, it was great. And we, we love each other, and we love being out there with each other. So we just mm-hmm. put all our emotion on the court, and it went from there. Talking with members of the Schlarman girls basketball team here, uh, Janiah Newell, another, another one of our seniors. So you guys in that, that first, uh, that semifinal game against Lewistown, things got off to a little slow start. But after that, you guys took off. You, you dominated the rest of that game. You dominated Eastland as well in the final. What did it take to kind of turn around there, and how were you guys able to maintain that level of play through the rest of the, the tournament? 
Um, we had to slow down a lot because we realized we were there once again and always something about the semifinal game. <laughs> <laughs> so once we got there, once we actually got a gist of the game, then we started playing how we knew how to play and everybody just started trusting each other. So that was basically it. Yeah. Well, uh, Destiny, you and I talked a little bit about this uh, after the game on Saturday about the, the, the rooting section, the, the topless toppers, as you guys call the fans, and all the other students and fans who came out to support you. Just how great is it to, to bring this championship, a second one, back to those fans and to have their support throughout this, this season? Uh, <clears throat> sorry, but um, it's, ama- it's, it's an amazing feeling to have fans and great fans at that and to have all the support at our games. You know, again, it was our last game, so just to have all them there rooting for us and cheering for us and I think we do got the best student section, so it was great to have them there. <clears throat> okay. Now, Capri, I'll let you uh, chime in. Is the the one junior in this group? So, uh, you you guys, uh, one chant opposing student sections. They got to try and get under your skin a little bit, and uh, they they kept uh, whenever you guys would you know kind of work the ball around, slow things down a little bit. They chant boring at you guys. Uh, <laughs> did you feel like the rest of the time there, you really kind of proved them wrong that you guys were not were, were anything but boring? Um, yes, especially the second half. I feel like we just came out a lot better um, defensive-wise, offensive-wise. So, Does stuff like that motivate you guys in any way, or at this point is it almost like you just tune it out because you hear stuff like that so often? Uh, personally, I love it. <laughs> I love games like that, so I don't know about the rest of them, but that's <laughs> my favorite part of the game, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, Keith, uh, I know we, we talked after this this game that things didn't start perfectly for this group when they were freshmen. You know, they kind of hit their stride as, as time went on, obviously two state championships in a row. Just uh, all things considered, how would you rate these last four years? The last four years, I mean, winning a state championship, not only one but two, I would have to sum it up as superb. I mean, there's nothing better than finishing your high school career, these four seniors, with two state championships. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any better than that, so I would consider it superb. Mm-hmm. Um, was it easy? Absolutely not. There were a lot of uh, roadblocks, mm-hmm. uh, especially their freshman and sophomore year. Um, the biggest roadblock their junior year was obviously beating Anawan. Uh, that was a tough challenge challenge for us. Um, and I would have to say their senior year, the biggest challenge was ourselves mm. by far. Um, we felt as though our non-conference schedule had prepared us to win a state championship. Mm-hmm. Um, but we needed more. Mm-hmm. And we found more within ourselves. Yeah. Our biggest challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, each of the girls, I, I want to get your, your opinion on this. So these last two championship spe- seasons especially, uh, I know this is going to be a tough one, but if you can nail down maybe a favorite moment or just a favorite memory from these last two years, uh, and you guys can go in whatever order you want to. <laughs> Keep it clean. <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are so many memories because this team is crazy. <laughs> um, but it has to be probably the bus rides. We listen to music and we just blare it. So, mm-hmm. like, everyone around, like, 50 feet of us on the highway can hear it. And we're just screaming at the top of our lungs. Some of us are trying to sleep sometimes. But um, it's just in that moment we're just happy and living in the moment. And we're just with each other, just having fun. So yeah. it's off the court stuff that's mainly the best part. Sure. All right, who's next? <laughs> uh, my favorite moment was uh, pouring the water on Coach. I've never seen him smile in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. 
my favorite moment was senior night. Um, something about senior night just made me feel complete. Besides the state championship, I knew we were going to win that. We had that in the bag. Not to sound <laughs> cocky or anything, but I knew we was going to have that. But senior night was really touching. So, And that was the only night that I cried. So, Yeah, okay. I think it... <clears throat> <laughs> I think every moment from our freshman year, you know, that's a lot of memories. But, yeah. like, when you sit back and think on all the memories from freshman, sophomore, junior, and our senior year, you know, I kind of enjoy every moment with these girls, and I'm going to miss them and coach, too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sydney, you're, you're batting last here. Uh, my favorite moment would be those last few seconds with my fellow seniors <laughs> on the court when we all just hugged it out one last time. <laughs> Capriel <laughs> looks personally offended by this by this next. moment. Coming in next. And, <laughs> and then, uh, not to leave Capri out, but then when me and her hugged on the sideline for a good minute or so, it was a little <laughs> too long, but I loved every second of it. Well, uh, you girls were a lot of fun to watch the last two years, certainly, and Capri, we get to watch you for, for another year with this program, <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll be sure Wait, to... Repeat, repeat, there you go, repeat. there you go, I like it. Well, we'll uh, we've enjoyed watching this this team, and uh, thanks again for coming out, guys, and uh, yeah, good to the seniors, good luck moving forward where, where you all are going. And uh, that, that's our first uh, team we're going to have in here tonight. We're going to be joined by the, uh, the St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball team next as well on the uh, Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential after this break. Now back to High School Prep Basketball Confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Back on the Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential show. I'm Colin Likas, and I'm joined now by another state finishing team, girls basketball team here. We have the Class 2A third place St. Joseph Ogden Spartans in here now, uh, joined by Coach uh, Kevin Taylor and his five starters, Bree Trimble, Peyton Crow, McLean Taylor, Hannah Dukeman, and Peyton Bally. So all of you guys, thank you for stopping down here uh, at the News Gazette. And Kevin, I will uh, ask you the first question here. So, uh... Uh, being a, a former St. Joe Ogden uh, athlete yourself, uh, what does it mean to guide this program to its first ever piece of state hardware? Well, it's it's special, and I don't know if it's uh, it has anything to do with me being from St. Joe, but <laughs> but the, this group has uh, been awesome, uh, and not just these five, but the whole uh, our hashtags family, and I mm. think they all really bought into that, and that's what we became, and it was it was a special journey. Um, you know, our first time there, my first time there, so much to take in, but. Um, it was amazing. You're, you're a pretty uh, low, low key guy for those who know, even those who maybe who don't. But how exciting has this, this experience been for you as, as a coach and also maybe as kind of a, a father figure in some ways to these girls? Uh, I can be low key, but I can also get worked up. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure they can tell you that too. But like I said, I, it's hard to put in words. It's so much to take in. I think yeah. it's a great experience. IHSA does a great job putting it on. And the girls get treated like, uh, I guess, rock stars, if you want to mm -hmm. say that. But. Uh, you know, just excited, obviously, seeing my own daughter go through it, but all of them, you mm -hmm. know, uh, it is uh, walking down that tunnel for the first time is, is hard to uh, describe, but uh, the emotions definitely come. Yeah. Well, let's get some of the girls in here to talk now. Uh, Bree Trimble, I'll let you uh, lead off here. So you returned to school today, had to go back to school, couldn't stay playing basketball forever, unfortunately. But uh, what was it like coming back among the students? And uh, what's, uh, what's the uh, reaction been like since you guys finished up at State? Um, everyone was just so happy at school mm -hmm. telling us congratulations and 
we all just were so happy that we had support from our community and our school the whole day. And it was just a fun day all around. Yeah, I mean, St. Joe Athletics has been really good these last few years, especially. What does it mean to kind of contribute to that as well? Um, it's awesome because this is something that everyone will remember, will remember forever. Mm-hmm. And we get to put that trophy in that case and it will never go away. Mm-hmm. And just to walk by it every time we're at school is just amazing. And just to know that we did it with that team, it will always be remembered. Yeah. Well, uh, Peyton Crow, uh, you're up next. I have to say Peyton Crow because there's two Peytons in here. But uh, uh, that ra- you guys had a rally on Sunday. Couldn't do it on Saturday because you guys got back from uh, normal a little too late. But uh, what was that rally like, and uh, how cool was it to see the community come out in mass to kind of support you guys there? It was actually really exciting. I think that's kind of when it all, like, actually soaked in. Mm-hmm. And we all kind of realized that we actually had done what we did to get that trophy and um, just to have the support of our community and all of our fans and friends and families were there. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting to walk into like our home gym and see all of them there with our trophy sitting next to us. And um, hearing Coach talk about the season (laughs) was obviously pretty emotional, but um, for a lot of our seniors and yeah, it was just really exciting day talking with members of the St. Joseph Ogden uh, girls basketball team. Uh, Hannah Dukeman, I'll bring you in next. So multiple girls on this team, yourself included, are multi-sport athletes. Uh, you're, you're, you have aspirations of playing softball uh, at the next level. You're already signed on with a college or at least committed to one. So do you feel like that that multi-sport aspect has really helped you guys throughout this year? Um, I would say in some ways, yes, just because, like, the experience and the atmosphere of, like, bigger games like we played at Redbird help a little bit, Mm -hmm. and that I could help out with my teammates that maybe have not been through that experience before and let them know that it's just a regular game and don't make anything that's not. Yeah, and just from a a purely athletic standpoint, just it seems like you you girls are always ready to go because you're playing sports throughout the year. Is that something that helps when you get this late in the season after so many basketball games? I would agree, yes, but also I feel that the girls that were on this team this year just wanted to make something happen, and since the beginning we had the drive and the the, the determination to make it happen, mm-hmm. so I just feel like the love for the game was there as well as like the athleticness. Okay. Um, McLean Taylor, bringing in daughter of, of Kevin Taylor, as Kevin mentioned before. Uh, coming into your final prep season, you've seen a lot of girls' basketball teams at St. Joe Ogden, but did you feel like this this one was different in any way? This was one that could go on the kind of run like it did? Uh, yeah, uh, over like the last few years, having my dad as the coach, it, we definitely felt like we could get further with, especially with like our sectional championship game last year mm-hmm. and not being able to make it there pushed us even more this year. And we had just a special group of girls coming in from my freshman year all the way up to senior year. Yeah. And I know uh, you talked with Matt Daniels about this uh, last Monday but, or last Tuesday before you guys went to state. Just getting to go through this experience with your dad. Talk about uh, what that means to you. Uh, it means a lot. I've actually had him as a coach for growing up all like all my life. Mm-hmm. So it didn't feel too different. But at the same time, like it's just a special bond that I'll always have having him as my coach growing up and finally completing my senior year of high school with him. Yeah. All right, Peyton Valley, you are uh, you're you're hitting last here. So you, along with Hannah, are returning starters for this team next season. The other three are are going to be graduating here in May. Uh, what do you feel like this ex- experience is going to do for you and Hannah and the other returning players as you try to to uh, improve upon this next year? Um, I think it'll push us and we'll help like new starters uh, when we get the chance to play. Mm-hmm. And if we make it to state again, we'll like 
be able to like help them like that like Hannah said that it is just a normal game it's not that big of a deal yeah being a sophomore on a team that makes state I mean what kind of experience is that for you just kind of so quickly being uh, pushed into into a state championship scene like this um it was awesome but they definitely helped me (laughs) because I would say I was definitely the most nervous <laughs> stepping onto that court, yeah. and they all just told me that it would be okay. Yeah. Well, Kevin, we'll have you uh, close this out for us. So uh, having to rework this roster a little bit next year with three graduating starters, also a few other graduating athletes off the bench, uh, well, what do you hope the girls who are returning take away from this? And, yeah, just uh, how do you move forward from this moment? Obviously, we're gonna, we lose a lot with our seniors. Um, not just these, but all five with mm-hmm. their leadership and the roles they took on this season. But the good news is I, I feel like we have a lot of talent and a lot of potential coming back. So, you know, we we'll obviously have to make some adjustments and get used to not having uh, the, the steady uh, leadership out on the floor all the time. But, but you know, excited about uh, the, the possibilities of what could be. Well, this has been the uh, St. Joseph Ogden girls basketball team, the starters and the head coach at any rate. Thanks again for joining me, guys. I really appreciate it. And uh, we are going to take another break here, but we'll be back uh, shortly with members of the Tri-County girls basketball team on Dick Van Dyke Appliance World Prep Basketball Confidential. The Dick Van Dyke Appliance World High School Prep Basketball Confidential continues with Colin and Jim on News Talk 1400 WDWS and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Awfully cool that the players were in studio, Colin. Yeah, it's uh, great to have the teams in. We, we had Schlarman at the uh, Esquire this time last year because mm-hmm. we didn't have a, a prep basketball radio show, so we just had him on Sports Talk. But, uh, yeah, now we get to bring him in, and thanks again to Schlarman and St. Joe for coming out. Uh, St. Joe, not a super long drive, but still a little bit of a trek, mm-hmm. and Schlarman, 40, 45 minutes to get here. So, yeah, we really appreciate All right. that. Pick up your News Gazette tomorrow to see the photos of those girls mm-hmm. in action. It was great while Schlarman was in studio here with you guys. <laughs> the St. Joe starters were in our other studio huddled around the radio <laughs> listening to the Hilltoppers. They're, they were preparing for what they what they <laughs> yes. had to say. <laughs> to the tough questioning by Colin Likas. <laughs> one of them, I, I, can't remember, I can't remember which one one of the St. Joe players said, can you just write down what I need to say? I said, no, it, it needs to come from the heart. Got to uh, come from you. That's great that uh, they made the trip. Congratulations to both teams. I know we got another team we're going to be dealing with here in a little bit. Yeah, we're going to well, not in studio, but because uh, it's uh, as much as Schlarman is a drive, uh, the the communities that make up Tri County that's an even mm-hmm. longer drive. We're talking an hour plus in some cases. So, but we will uh, have members of Tri County girls basketball team on shortly. But we're going to first uh, chat a little bit about just a general uh, girls basketball tournament. I was there for two days over at Normals Redbirds Redbird Arena. Saw six basketball games and. Man, it was uh, it was quite the atmosphere out there. Not only did you see them, but you videoed much of the action. And I would re- highly recommend heading to newsgazette.com and checking out the Schlarman Championship <laughs> game uh, video. Which, if you stick around to the end, yes, Colin, you're in the showers. What's I up am, with that? Explain I'm in, yourself. I'm in the showers. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so myself and uh, Chad Dare of the Danville Commercial News, as well as a, a couple of other uh, younger. Uh, individuals who are representing the media. We were kind of uh, standing around waiting for some girls to come out of the locker room so we can interview them, and one of the assistant coaches tells us uh, the girls are going to give Keith Peoples, head coach, a, a, ga- a water bath, a Gatorade bath. Uh, 
And uh, he's like, you, got, you guys got to come in and see this. Well, the media is not supposed to be back there. So they kind of just pushed us through the, the block off area and got us back there. And I captured some cool video. And as soon as that had happened and they were done celebrating, somebody found out we were back there and they booted us right back out. <laughs> Excellent work, though, by Colin. Like I said, yeah. he was able to, I'd, again, head to our website, check that out. It's must CTV. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It it played pretty well on Twitter in the the few hours immediately after. Hey, I got a I got a question about Redbird sure. Arena. Sure, I love it for the girls' state finals. Oh, keep yeah. it there. Yeah, can so, I can I say that? I know other can. cities are going to bid for it, and there's going to be talk about moving it, but it just seems like a perfect fit. Yeah, you know, I was talking actually with our one of our photographers who was there with me, uh, Rick Danzel, and he mentioned, you know, it's cool to have events in State Farm Center. State Farm Center is a great venue as well, and it's going to bid for the boys' basketball tournament, maybe the girls' one as well, because when the bids are up in 2020, or the contracts are up in 2020, I should say. But he, he did bring up a good point. Redbird Arena, you know, even though it seats a similar number of people to the State Farm Center, they're not terribly far off. It, it has a more, being a Redbird Arena, it has a more just kind of, they're on top, people are right mm -hmm. on top of you feel. It's very, you know, high intensity pressure. It's more at home, I guess. Intimate. It's intimate. That's the word I'm looking for yeah. right there, intimate, yeah. And, and I, I got what he was saying. I mean, you can't argue with that, really. Uh, I uh, caught some of the action on TV, and it seemed like all three of our area teams had a, a rabid student fan base yeah yeah and you know uh tri-counties was uh, pretty impressive because you got three different schools that are coming out to represent and they filled an entire student section uh and uh i was actually telling our photographer again rick you know I i'm normally not a fan of like the candy stripe look but for some reason the purple and orange really really works tri-county does the purple and orange candy stripers it, it really works i think i'm not a fan of them in general because i don't like iu and they always do the, the candy stripe stuff mm. but the the orange and purple work for me for some reason thank you mr fashion yeah no Who problem knew? well Likers. before before we have tri-county on i want to talk about one other entity that was at redbird arena so uh officials people usually just think of them as people they want to yell at when things go wrong <laughs> yeah. and trust me i heard plenty of that over the two days i was there some things that i heard were not suitable for for radio but uh we did have some local officials who uh were involved in the 1a 2a games we have another one who's going to be involved in the girls 3a and 4a games uh, this weekend so i wanted to give them uh their due here uh so we've got uh, leroy schluter of sydney uh who is the president of the illini basketball officials association uh he was joined by kevin sprow of rantoul uh, and also Philo's Ken Nelson, and the three of them were involved in the 1A2A action. Uh, and then in 3A4A, as I said, uh, Rantoul's Corky Vericker is going to be uh, uh, officiating some games this weekend. So very cool opportunity for, for those guys, especially Nelson. It was his first state tournament, so he had never done that before, and hopefully they weren't too scarred by the things people <laughs> yelled at them. <laughs> It comes with the line of work. Oh, it God. certainly does. They have thick. They have the thickest skin on the mm -hmm. entire court. They kind of have to. There were no technical fouls called. Nobody was ejected from the arena, Excellent. so everything, uh, everything went well. All right, Colin. So I'm spoiled now. We got back-to-back -back state champs. Who, who out of this bunch is going to win it next year? Oh, that's tough. Come on, that's tough. You know, uh, I, you're you're just asking out of these three programs. No, out of our whole out area, of our whole Colin. area. So you got 35 teams to choose from. Pick Ooh. one. Man, you're putting me, you're putting me on the spot. Can I can I call well, I, can I, I uh, can I take a rain check? I got in trouble with Urbana's Chris Menig for for getting Poncho Moore 
all fired up. Urbana, Urbana has a lot of kids. How about returning. Urbana or Central? Urbana has a lot of kids returning. Right. Central does too. It's mm-hmm. the only my only uh, argument there, which it's not doesn't make it impossible. It's tough to win in Class Three A and Four A playoffs. Right. Right. There's a lot of, you know, schools that are just way up, mm-hmm. way up there, and that doesn't mean Urbana or Central couldn't do it, but. It is tougher. So I'm gonna, I'm taking a rain check on that because I really don't want to say a name and think, oh, I should have said X or I should have said Y. I got I got to think about this. Maybe I'll come back to it at the end of the show. I don't know if I accept that. I, just, I don't think it matters <laughs> because uh, we are going to go to our last of three teams that made it to state uh, over the weekend. Uh, we are now joined by members of the Tri-County Titans girls basketball team that finished fourth in Class 1A. Uh, we're joined by Coach Joe Morrissey and athletes Kirsten Price-Wilson, Harley Berry, Taylor Berry, Maya Eskew, and Grace Burnside. So uh, thank you guys all so much for joining me. And Joe, I'm going to throw the first question to you as the head coach. Uh, leading this this small town co-op of three area schools to, to a fourth place finish at state, has it really set in what what you and the team accomplished here this year? Uh, I don't know, not really yet. No, coach is still a little bit upset about what we didn't do on Friday and finish what we <laughs> wanted there. I think maybe a couple weeks and maybe hit home a little bit. Yeah. Hey, and going back to not liking our striped pants, I'm a diehard IU fan. That's where they came from. <laughs> that's perfect. Hey, I, I even said I liked your guys' colors. I'm just – that's a personal thing, the IU thing. But I, I don't know. There was something about the orange and purple that really really struck me well, and I actually told our photographer that too. But, uh, Joe, you had mentioned uh, in the postgame press conference after the third-place game, you know, how, how long you've been coaching, more than 30 years, and uh, this is your first time on a stage like this. Uh, I know it's great for the girls and we're going to talk to them about it as well but can you just uh, recount for us just what it means to you to be uh, leading a team at the, at this stage of the season uh un- unreal i guess a great accomplishment for our young ladies we work you know four four seniors have been together and really worked hard for the last four years of getting to and again culmination to a great year and a great group of girls well, uh, let's uh, hear from some of the athletes as well. We'll start with uh, Kirsten Price Wilson. So, uh, even though you guys fell in both of your uh, both of your games over there, you constantly kept things close. You had a chance to to win both of those games. I mean, how how do you rate the team's performance over the weekend? What what do you kind of take away from what you guys did on the floor? Um, I think we played really well. Um, I don't. I think there's times where we could have played better, but there, but. In general, I think we all played really well. We played really good defense. We played really good on offense. We worked really well together. I think that um, the teams that we played, they just had a little bit, they had a step in front of us. So, But um, we played great, I think. Was it uh, from from just a basketball playing perspective? Was it was it exactly what you guys were kind of expecting to come into? Was there really a way to plan for that? Um, we just up to like our our game the way we play and really focused on us um not knowing much about the other teams we just um we know a little we knew a little bit about them but not having seen them not having seen them and stuff we just played our game and focused on what we do and and really just tried to give them all we had that's a good strategy. Well, uh, let's turn it over now to uh, to Harley Berry, another one of the seniors on this program. So, uh, as I mentioned at the top, uh, this cooperative, having the Shiloh, the Kansas, the Oakland communities support this program all at the same time. Uh, what did it mean to have all these people from all these areas backing you guys throughout this tournament, having this, this giant student section show up at Redburn Arena and things like that? It it was really great to experience that, and along with everyone just cheering us on, knowing that our community cared and loved us so much, just knowing that people from all over 
the 13 towns and three counties and schools, it was great knowing that everyone wanted to come out and support us, not knowing us, and just being there for us. And uh, just thinking back, you know, with the history aspect, this is uh, Tri-County as the co-op, the first uh, state trophy in girls' basketball. But, you know, the Shiloh especially uh, has, has done a lot of big things in girls' basketball. What did it mean to maybe kind of follow up on that from a historical perspective? Um, just it, it means a lot to us making history, and hopefully we set a good example for the younger classmen. Going back on Shiloh's history, uh, the 2011 class made it to state, mm -hmm. and they got fourth also. So just having followed in their footsteps a little bit helped us out a lot. Talking with members of the Tri-County girls basketball team, I'll turn on the next question over to, to Harley's younger sister, Taylor. Uh, so you got to do something that few siblings get to do, and that was playing a state tournament with, with your older sister. I mean, what was that experience like for, for the two of you getting, pl getting to play together uh, in this event? It felt amazing. It was once-in-a-lifetime compliment. But playing with my older sister, Harley, and then next year playing with my younger sister, Daly, hopefully we come back in the next two years of my high school career. I mean, uh, just when you, when you guys were, you know, going through the tunnel for the first time, getting out on the floor for the first time and uh, getting get to that first tip off, I mean, uh, were, were there moments between the two of you, the, the two of you, like, shared moments at any point? You walked up to each other, you know, you, you, you smiled, you, you had a good time and, and remembered that, you know, your family out on the court? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, Maya Eskew then. Uh, so, Maya, I, I know you're kind of an emotional uh, spark plug for this team. You're you're a big you're, you're you're kind of one of the bigger cheerleaders for this team. You're willing to keep these girls uh, up in the hard times. So, uh, what was it like handling the emotional swings that come with competing for a state title? Oh, it was it was crazy. The state was just amazing, and there were so many emotions going on. And I just want to make sure the team was having fun and just playing our game, and it was great. And just uh, being out there as a as an upperclassman as well. I mean, uh, did the emo did those emotions, the emotions from from that, uh, it being your kind of last few games, did that ever hit you during the tournament at all? Oh, it hit me hard. There were so many tears shed that whole weekend. It was just crazy that I had to leave these girls, and it's just amazing that I got the opportunity to go to stay with them. I just love them so much. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's go on to the last of the five starters here, at least the last that I've listed, uh, Grace Burnside. Grace, what do you feel like you and your teammates are going to remember most about uh, this season, getting to Redbird Arena and making some uh, some history? Um, I think that we will remember most um, is our bond between each other. Um, we've become really close throughout the season, um, accomplishing so much together. Um, we really do feel like a family, as it said in the newspaper and on the radio, um, we, yeah, we just become really close. So I feel like that's what we will take away from this. And just uh, for what, for girls uh, who are returning for this team and girls who, who could be on this team in the future, I know you were kind of asked this in the post-game press conference uh, after the third-place game, but what, what kind of legacy, I guess, do you hope you have left for all the girls who are still to come in this program? Um. I hope that they will remember that um, no matter what's happening during school or like away from the basketball court, when you come to basketball practice and games, um, that is your family. That is who um, you have to rely on for 
everything on the basketball court. And, um, yeah, I just hope they remember that the relationships that they have in basketball will last forever. That's excellent, excellent. Well, Joe, I'll uh, I'll let you cap this uh, cap off this mini press conference here because uh, you guys have had plenty of them throughout the last few days. Uh, how do you feel like this team is positioned to follow up on the success that this 2018-2019 group has uh, has put forth? I, I again, these young ladies are awesome. Um, again, I got six returners come back next year, mm-hmm. and younger girls and freshmen will be coming in. We got to go to work. You know, we didn't get where we. Where we where we finished at by not doing anything. We worked every day. We worked most every June, every summer. We put in a good month's work, and then started when practice starts. You, you got to work when you want when you want something. Well, uh, this has uh, been the Tri County Girls Basketball Team. Joe Morrissey and athletes Kirsten Price Wilson, Harley Berry, Taylor Berry, Maya Eskew, and Grace Burnside. Thanks again so much for joining me, guys, and congratulations on your on your great season. Thank you. <laughs> Well, uh, that's uh, that's all of our state uh, advancing girls basketball teams here. So uh, we're going to take our final break of the night, and we're going to come back and talk some boys basketball because we still got quite a few teams playing in the boys postseason. Uh, we'll be right back after this break. Now back to high school prep basketball confidential, brought to you by Dick Van Dyke Appliance World, where when you buy from us, you get the whole store. Easily a prep basketball confidential guest record. Yeah, we have already right. had 15 people on the show. Plus three coaches. Yeah. Uh, we gotta, Let's yeah, get we to go 20 tonight. 20? You want to bring some people off the uh, street? I need, don't see anybody walking need, by. We need two more. Just we'll call, we'll call, call ins. Watch. We'll, uh, we'll happen to randomly get like a, a retired <laughs> coach walking by on the street right now. I've seen some at the Esquire. Have you? All right, bring a them lot. over. Bring them in. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it's it's time to, to move on to some boys basketball because uh, while it's great to celebrate the girls' season and what these those three teams especially accomplished, uh, we still have some boys teams who are trying to fight their way to the postseason. And uh, among those teams uh, is the Danville Vikings, and we're joined now by head coach Ted Haupt. Uh, Ted, thanks so much uh, for being part of this show. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, your boys are on a nine-game win streak uh, entering the postseason. Uh, it's somehow only your second longest win streak of the season behind the 11-gamer you started the year on. So uh, how have these boys continually been able to string together wins like this? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> they, they've been able to play with a level of consistency you normally don't see from a team uh, as young as, as our guys are, but... Uh, they've been able to do that. There's, there's not been a lot of real highs and lows. We've been pretty steady and solid, and I guess that's where win streaks come from. But I'm excited that the last several we played especially well, I thought, and I think everybody wants to head into tournament time playing good basketball, not just winning, but you want to be playing well. And I feel like we're playing at a high level offensively for sure. Well, uh, how prepared, you talked about the postseason here, and uh, how prepared do you feel like these boys are right now for the gauntlet that is the Class 4A playoffs in Illinois? Well, we're obviously going to find out, but I, <laughs> you, you, said it, you said it well. In 4A gauntlet, it starts tomorrow. We're, I'm on my way right now to go find out who our first opponent is, <laughs> and uh, we sure don't have the luxury of looking past that first game, so... That's the part that I kind of, you know, I, I sit there and feel sorry for myself, thinking that 
that we had a pretty big season and we ought to get a game or two where we could sort of relax, work on some things that kind of gradually grow with the tournament. But that is not the case at all. And the yeah. two teams playing tonight are very capable. Centennial is, you know, their Coach Lime's always done a great job with what he has. They have one of the most explosive scorers in the conference. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Bryce and Cowper, and then on the other side, Normal West, we only beat them by a, a point in overtime, mm-hmm. a couple points in overtime, and they just knocked off the number three, three eight team in the state. So we really don't get the luxury of looking beyond that. And so it'll be right. We'll find out who we are right away. Talking with Danville boys basketball coach Ted Haupt. Uh, so you guys, uh, the, the regional not only is tough, but uh, man, you guys drew a, a heck of a sectional here. Uh, you guys are were ranked fourth in the latest Class uh, 4A Associated Press poll, and you somehow have managed to put two teams ranked higher than you in the same sectional in Normal Community and Belleville West. Uh, is this, you've been coaching for a while, I mean, is this the toughest sectional you've, you've ever seen? <laughs> You know what? I'm not sure. Last year on paper was pretty tough. Um, I think we had four or five teams that were in the top ten mm-hmm. towards the end of the year, and uh, I mean it's similar. I, maybe uh, maybe at the at the very top it's tougher, but you know Bloomington Bloomington Normal West with the Coral last year. Mm-hmm. Normal Community was solid. We're a good Moline. And, uh, you know, three of us, four of the four Big 12 teams didn't even get a regional. Rock Island took out two. Moline took out the other two. So it was pretty pretty packed last year. But uh, this year, yeah, those I, I didn't even think of it like that. If three of the top four, four teams are there, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to say anything tougher than that. But, again, I'm as uh, impressed with the, the first round level. The Normal West is just extremely dangerous team, and their style of play is sort of built for the playoffs to begin with. You know, they can slow it down. They can get you to a game in the 30s. Each possession is huge. They're kind of used to playing that way, so they're real tough at the top and even even uh, the opening round. Well, uh, I will... Uh... Uh, I'll ask this last question. I'll let you. I'll let you play dad a little bit while also somewhat playing coach. So uh, most people know uh, your son plays for the team. Sean Haupt is a senior, and your daughter plays for the girls' basketball team at Danville. Aaron, uh, a sophomore. Now both of your kids uh, within the last I don't know month or so have scored their thousandth career point. Just as both a basketball coach and a father, how, how cool is that to see? Oh, that's real exciting because they they have just hassled me for years about taking them to the gym. Can we go to the gym? Can we go to the gym? I've heard it forever. I guess it's a good problem to have. Never once had to ask either of them to go shoot, go work out. So to see it pay off is it's really nice because they, they put in an unbelievable amount of time and there's no real competitiveness between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They have fun. and uh, So it was nice to have them both reach that milestone and They've been very lucky. They know that not everybody has keys to the gym, a basketball court in their side yard, and a lot of people from the family and friends that are happy to work with them and teach them to do things the right way. So they've been very fortunate, but they did take advantage of Danville boys basketball coach Ted Haupt. Ted, thanks again for uh, being part of the show. Safe travels to and from uh, Champaign tonight for the Centennial Regional. Thanks. Appreciate it.
Great to hear from Ted and his brothers, uh, those familiar with uh, basketball around here. They were players, too, yeah. Alan, all right? They were yeah. uh, Dust Bowl regulars where uh, the family would get together and and compete against anybody they played against. It's a basketball family. Yeah, it is. Did you say a, a sophomore? <laughs> yeah, I saw your eyes kind of. Uh, <laughs> a sophomore yeah. scored a yes. thousand points. Erin Haupt has already hit a thousand points in her career. Yeah, she's uh, she is a, a dynamo. She maxed out. Uh, let's see, they had a uh, they had a double overtime game that they ended up winning, and I'm already forgetting against whom, where she scored 43 points in that game. Yeah, she's uh, she's she's also grown from being a, a strictly a three point shooter to even though she's not very big, she's five 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 six mm-hmm. something like that. She can cut and weave inside, and she makes people pay in the paint too. Ted Hop might bump into uh, Robin Schulz uh, tonight yeah. at Centennial. That's where yeah. our photo editor is taking uh, photos of uh, Centennial against Normal West. That is correct. Yeah, two be teams in your news gazette in the morning. Be sure to pick that thing up. That's right. Centennial Normal West, two teams that played each other to cap the regular season and get to play each other again tonight in a regional quarterfinal. But the, the loser this time doesn't get to keep playing basketball. But we are going to turn things over now. We're going to go to Class 3A now, and we're going to chat with Champaign Central boys basketball coach Jeff Finke. Uh, Jeff, thanks so much for joining us on the show tonight. Hey, Colin. Thanks for having me. Of course. Well, uh, you guys uh, got you guys got a, a quality win here to, to uh, get toward the close of the regular season. I know it wasn't exactly your last regular season game, but you beat uh, a state-ranked Peoria Notre Dame team, get some positive vibes going. Do you feel like this group has that positive momentum it needs heading into the tough 3A postseason? We hope so. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> the kids have worked hard all year long. They've continued to improve. We've once again played a pretty tough schedule, but uh, we've we play nine or ten guys almost every night, and, and it seems like there are two or three that step up somebody different almost every game. Yeah, you, you talked about the, the tough schedule. Uh, it's been an up-and-down uh, stretch for you guys as far as record goes, but just looking at the, the slate of games you played, uh, definitely one of the toughest in the area. I mean, is that something that you feel has these guys uh, prepared for what they're going to see uh, over the next, uh, hopefully, few weeks? Yeah, we hope. It, it, uh, it's always our goal, and, and you know, we usually start with a really tough tournament and a tough few games early and and then gets a little bit lighter in January and then we try to finish strong in February. And so going up to, and playing at Proviso East on our senior night Friday night was quite a challenge for us. Well, uh, last season you guys had to travel to Paris uh, for a regional. Uh, this year, uh, a, a little bit of a shorter trip when you have to go to Rantoul for regional action, and you got some uh, familiar opponents there as well. Uh, how do you how do you compare these two draws? I guess from this year and last year, uh, is, is, do you have any preference at all? We don't. You know, we basically are ready, willing, able to go wherever they tell us. And uh, yeah, we've only seen in terms of playing against. Uh, one of the, the other five teams in our region this year. We played Eisenhower in December, but uh, all the other four teams we've not played. So it'll be nice to play somebody different, and, and uh, hopefully we'll come out and play good basketball. Well, uh, how do you uh, mentally prepare the boys for the kind of pressure that comes with this postseason? You know, it's a win-or-go-home mentality. I mean, if you if you fall short, if you don't have your game on a given night, that's it. So how do you prepare these boys for that? Well, we don't really talk about it. We uh play tough schedule and every day we try to compete in practice and so for us it's just another game and and generally speaking because we've seen just about anything and everything in terms of types of defense and style of play uh throughout the season we we feel our guys are prepared and you know they understand it's it's uh one and done if you lose but uh we really don't don't play with that fear we just encourage them to go out and play hard let the chips fall within that 
well, uh, to, to round this off, and then I'll let you go watch uh, Muhammad Seymour take on Rantoul, where you'll find out who you're, you guys are facing uh, tomorrow right. in the regional semis. Uh, I just have to ask this. We talk a lot about Khalil Terry. We talk, we've talked a bit about Sam Beasley this year. We've talked quite a bit about Price Punkay. Uh, since since we have a, a certain individual in the in the room with <laughs> us, uh, I got to ask about uh, how's that Rosso kid doing this year? Gus has been great. You know, he gets every ounce of toughness from his mom. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> and uh, he just he battles. Uh, he had 15 the other night at Proviso. He used to hit a few threes, and, and uh, you know, it, it's been a lot of fun to have him. And, and he's filled a great role for us. And he's one of those nine or so guys that plays almost every night. Well, uh, we got the quote of the year for this podcast out of, out of that question, <laughs> so I'm going to take that as a win. Uh, Jeff Finke, Champagne Central Boys Basketball. Thanks again, Jeff, and uh, Thanks, enjoy Alex. the game. Great, thanks. We'll see you later. Bye. Luckily, Evan Kahn can edit this podcast. <laughs> There's just going to be a random quiet spot in <laughs> Jeff's response. Uh, that is a good, uh, you know, you go up to Rantoul, and it is a when that gym's packed, yeah. it's a fun place to watch yeah. especially playoff basketball yeah i haven't been uh, up to rantoul's gym a whole lot i uh, actually i have not seen a boys basketball game in rantoul's gym yet i've seen mm. a girls basketball game there but uh not a boys game so um haven't really planned out my schedule yet for this week but perhaps i will go that way and uh get get to see some action there well they'll tell you of the uh the glory days of rantoul eagles basketball late 80s early 90s that uh, the place was rocking and hopping and uh uh, maybe it'll be that way this week. Yeah, culminating with a title game on Friday night. It certainly would be if Rantoul defeats Muhammad tonight, mm-hmm. because that'll give the home fans some incentive to to go all out on Tuesday and try and get the upset. Interesting story by you in today's paper about Urbana. About me, not oh, by, by you, me. about Urbana <laughs> going down south, yeah. trying to end that long regional drought. Yeah, that drought's longer. Uh, I know this will make Jim wince a little bit. That drought's longer than I've been alive by by a few years. Uh, 1989, the last time Urbana boys basketball won a regional title. Uh, none of the players on that team right now were alive uh, during when that last happened. You can guarantee that. Uh, but yeah, last year I thought they were decently positioned for it. They just had to work their way through a, a fairly tough regional and they couldn't overcome Muhammad Seymour, which had a, a really quality team last year. Um, but this year, Urbana got shuttled off to Olney, which heck of a drive for a regional, first of all. But uh, they, they got a number one seed, which I don't know the last time Urbana boys basketball got a one seed in the postseason. I'm guessing it's not recent. Uh, and these, ga- these kids like Champaign Central, uh, who we just talked to with Jeff Finke. Urbana has played a really tough schedule as well. And uh, it's got them prepared, and they're hoping they can uh, break a drought here. And it would certainly be good for that city and that uh, school if they could. Both uh, both the winners of Rantoul and Olney though have their hands full. Uh, not to look ahead, but you got Springfield Southeast yeah. sitting there at yeah. the uh, sectional level. Yeah, Springfield Southeast mm-hmm. uh, did beat Urbana earlier in the season as well, and it wasn't uh, a s- extre- at least score wise, it mm-hmm. wasn't an extremely close game. But uh, they play the games for a reason. They they're not going to award Southeast the first they place aren't. trophy. <laughs> I, I don't think so. Uh, I'll check into it just to make sure, but. Yeah, um, we gotta. I'm looking forward to see what our, seeing what Urbana does. All right, you got some small school surprises. Can I call Tuscola a surprise? I, I think right. you. I think you can. Okay. I mean, and some might bristle at that, but honestly, I, I don't think it's meant to be an insult. It's just uh, Tuscola went into the playoffs the seven seed. Maybe they were a little underseeded. I mean, their record wasn't wasn't bad going mm-hmm. into the playoffs. I mean, they were a 21 program going in there. Uh, maybe just didn't quite have you know the the schedule the strength of schedule as some of the other teams, but they defied that. They beat a a St. Joe team, uh, a top seed, 
Uh, and they defeated another Illini Prairie Conference team in Unity to win a regional title. That was a significant accomplishment for Tuscola. They've got Jalen Quinn, a super freshman. They have a really motivated senior class led by uh, Braden Von Lincoln down in the paint. Uh, kids like Will Little who play really good defense. Uh, so now Tuscola has to take on Gibson City, which is a heck of a challenge in its own right. Uh, Gibson City has won 28 games in a row, which is uh, a significant winning streak. Um, so those two teams will face each other in a sectional semifinal over in Tolono on Wednesday. Best bet out of those small schools to reach uh, Peoria. Yeah, Peoria's Not just Carter that one, Arena. but I'll even give you the one, the one A's. Yeah, we don't have a lot of one A schools. We don't have a lot of small schools mm-hmm. left in general, but, you know, it's this is tough, and I'm definitely going to upset some people by picking favorites again. But mm, I'm stuck between two teams. Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to say best chance, but by a slim margin over Gibson City, I'll say Cisna Park has yeah. the best chance uh, in Class 1A. Uh, I've talked about it before a lot on this show. When you have, and, and size doesn't make all the difference. you got to be skilled as well. But when you have two six foot seven twin brothers who are, si- who are big and skilled, like Christian and Julian Stadley are, then you combine them with six guards who can effectively shoot the ball. Uh, you don't see that in some 2A, 3A, 4A programs. System Park's got it going in a 1A program. Uh, they've lost a couple games that were head scratchers during the year, but they seem at least poised to make a super sectional. Uh, they could have to get through Judah Christian to get there, and Judah Christian's not a pushover either. But I like System Park's chances best, followed by Gibson City out of the out of our group. Excellent stuff. Where are you going to be this week, Count? We uh, we haven't quite determined that yet. We're uh, I'm gonna be working with Scott Ritchie a little bit, our U of I writer. He he might go cover some prep stuff for us as well. But yeah, we've got uh, just to keep a rundown of things. So over in Tolono on Wednesday, I said it was Gibson City against Tuscola. Uh, the day before on Tuesday, we got PBL Paxson Buckley Loda mm-hmm. taking on Bloomington Central Catholic in what should be a really tough matchup for the Panthers. Uh, PBL lost to BCC earlier in the season, looking to avenge that. Uh, and then the two 1A teams we mentioned, Judah and Cisna Park, are both headed to Colfax. <coughs> Excuse me. For the Ridgeview sectional, Judah Christian opens with uh, Gardner South Wilmington, and Cisna Park plays Grant Park. Uh, so those are two teams we really don't know all that much about. Uh, I would definitely be interested and curious to see Judah play Cisna Park in a final. Uh, Judah's one of those teams... Uh, it hasn't gotten a lot of respect in the AP poll. They received a couple votes at the end of the year, but their schedule is just not not terribly strong. They've only lost two games, but they were both the teams who left the postseason very, very early. Um, so if Judah Christian beat Gardner South Wilmington would be a good win for Judah Christian. If Judah Christian beats Cisna Park, that's uh, that shows that those AP voters, myself included, were, were making a mistake by, by leaving them off. Yeah, but uh, and then yeah, you know, just a three A four A roundup. We talked to some of those schools as well. But you got Danville, you got Central, you got Rantoul, Muhammad, Urbana. Don't forget about Clinton and Prairie Central. They're hosting their own regionals, but they're in separate regionals. So can't wait. Follow along with Colin Likas on Twitter wherever he goes. He'll keep track. All right, Colin. Appreciate. It. Look forward to those all area teams coming up. Yep. That's it for this week's edition of the Dick Van Dyke appliance world prep basketball confidential 
We're playing it by ear here with local teams wrapping up their seasons on whether or not we'll have a game or a game, <laughs> a show next week. Stay tuned to our Twitter and Facebooks for updates on that. You are listening to News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. Up next, the Coach Brad Underwood show from Buffalo Wild Wings in Savoy. Brian Barnhart, Ed Bond are all set up down there. Let's see what they've got. <laughs> 